0: Cause we are living in a chemical world. And I'm a chemical nondescript person. We are living in a chemical world. And I am a chemical girl. We are living in a chemical world. And I am a chemical girl or boy. We are living in a chemical world. And I am a chemical
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Chemical World on KDNK Community Radio. I am Kenna Crampton.
2: And I am Maggie Saldine, founder and director of High Rockies, Harm Reduction, and a million other things I do.
1: <laughs> welcome to October, everybody. Ooh. Yeah, it is so beautiful outside with all the leaves changing and the seasons changing. Feels really good. I hope everyone is enjoying this month so far.
2: Yeah, this is definitely my favorite time of year. I love when it cools down. I love the cloudy, rainy weather we've been getting a little bit of. And I love when I get to pull my sprinklers in and feel confident that I don't have to do very much more yard work this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let the leaves mulch. Mm-hmm. mulch yeah, that's what I do. I rake in the spring. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's definitely my favorite time of year as well. It just feels so good. Do
2: we know our, what's, so do you know, Kenna, is there anything um, happening in October, like September is National Recovery Month? I feel like some month is everything. Do you know if October is anything
1: specifically? I guess it's um, LGBTQ+. History
2: Month. Oh, yeah, I did. I think I I saw that. Well, that's cool. I know, yeah, there's always something relevant in each holiday to celebrate. And of course, LGBTQ history is important to us. We had a wonderful June Pride Month, which, you know, celebrates Really recognizing the Stonewall Riots as the beginning of the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. rights movement. And so now we can celebrate October by taking a little bit of a look back at that heritage. But of course, in October is also many of our favorite holidays and just, you know, times of year with Halloween coming up or Dia de los Muertes or All Saints Day, however you choose to honor and celebrate your lost loved ones, which is something I feel like we do a lot here at Chemical World.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely.
2: And so we are super, super excited, and we're going to be talking a lot today about our next upcoming fundraiser for High Rockies Harm Reduction and the work we do bringing grassroots addiction treatment to the Roaring Fork Valley and filling the service gaps for the needs of people who use substances and are in recovery. And so we're going to have our next big fundraiser on Saturday, October 23rd.
1: That's right. And it'll be downtown Carbondale at the park at 4th and Main. And uh, we'll have a bouncy house and we'll have all kinds of fun activities. So we'll have uh, someone doing nails, huh?
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Yeah, we're really, of
2: course, excited at High Rocky Storm Reduction about any fall or Halloween-themed parties. So we're going to do face painting again like we had at our June fundraiser, and our um, face painter this time, yeah, is going to be offering some festive nail art, which I'm excited. I've I've seen what he does at home, and so it'll be really cool to see it out on the
1: street. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, I think it's going to be a really great event, and... You know, we're just—we really just want to bring awareness to what we are doing, and that you know, there's about this epidemic that is that affects so many people. Uh, when I was at your guys's booth on Potato Days, someone was came up and mentioned how they had lost someone to fentanyl, mm-hmm. and your coworker Casey was saying, you know, it—you're hard pressed to find anyone who doesn't know someone who's been affected by either fentanyl overdoses or just overdose and uh, addiction in general.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's hard to throw a stone and not hit somebody who is personally affected or one of our friends or family members have been. And I had a conversation on Saturday at Potato Days um, a couple weeks ago now, but uh, basically just that. They, you know, because one of the common comments that we get is, oh, I don't know anyone, you know, nobody in my life, I'm not affected. And th- this person was was definitely, you know, not it wasn't like in a, in a negative way. It never really is. But then, then they said, well, actually, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, and that's kind of the point, too, is that we don't know. And what's interesting with addiction is we tend to stereotype, you know, people who are homeless or in trouble with the law or, you know, aren't don't have a steady job or are impoverished. But in reality, the majority of people who use substances are the wealthy or people who have money. The majority of overdoses in Colorado are still from prescription drugs that happen at home. People who have money still use drugs like cocaine or heroin or pills or ecstasy or whatever. But they have the resources to protect themselves from getting in trouble, to keep themselves clean, to protect themselves from disease that other people don't. So it's this weird disparity where we think it's this, um, you know, plague of the impoverished but really it reaches all segments of society but we don't always see that we don't always see how people are struggling um on the you know tail ends of suicide awareness month it's it's sometimes very easy to miss when somebody is struggling
1: yeah and not to mention the shame that is associated with people who use drugs so the wealthy and the you know maybe more affluent types of people they don't want to admit necessarily that they're using drugs so there's that and then there's also of course us just not people not getting the help that they need when they need it yeah we just i I ended up losing someone in september to suicide and someone that was very very surprising to me i had zero idea that they even struggled with depression or anything. I mean, and I, I wasn't very close to them. I hadn't talked to them in years and I know that some of the people who were closer to them knew that, but on the surface, he was such a happy, love loving person. So it was it was a real shock to me. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people, that he was so
2: positive they would have never expected it. And that's, I can say from personal experience, that sometimes the most depressed people put on Mm -hmm. an outward, um, you know, uh, just face that is not what they feel inside. And I know for me, it's just kind of interesting. Like, I read that they say you're kind of stuck with the personality you're born with. So if you're, like, really happy, positive infant, or if you're kind of a more sullen or morose infant you know that that Hmm. personality carries with you across the lifetime but then all these experiences happen to you too so for me like I was born like a bubbly smiling child and a lot of bad things have happened to me and so now I live with you know chronic depression and anxiety and but that's like in contrast to like my natural self and that Hmm. also creates like a tension that is difficult to live with and so there are all these often competing feelings happening inside. And so, yeah, it can be really hard to, to know what somebody's really going through if we don't take time to really sit down and, and talk to them extensively about what's going on. Um, but also, you know, yeah, what you said too is, about you know wealthy people not coming out or people with money or whatever. It's like yeah they have something to lose by coming out and saying I engage in a legal activity, right? Mm-hmm. And just a reminder because you talk about that stigma of seeking care that in Colorado about 75% of people who didn't seek the care that they needed for substance use disorder said that they didn't seek treatment because of fear of shame and stigma, and that is an increase from about 48% in um, two years prior to over 75%. And I believe that that's 2015 and 2017 that we're looking at. But mm. that that stigma, yeah, is a huge barrier because it doesn't matter how much money you have, the willingness to go talk to a counselor about your substance use issues, There, it's, it's hard to, it's a hard thing to do sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I feel that for sure because I'm very open, as you can tell from what I have said in the podcast, I'm pretty open about My mental health and my struggles, but I still, I, I, there's a barrier where that I have to like break down and say it's okay to Mm -hmm. say this to these people. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna judge me. They're not gonna think less of me if I mention that I'm going to therapy or any of that. Um, and I so, I've fought really hard just with the voice in my head telling me like, you know, don't, don't say this. They're gonna think you know that there's something wrong with you, but. Um, and I'm and I'm a pretty open person anyway, and so I, I understand that it is it's really hard. There's that shame and st- stigma, for sure. Well, and I think the number one thing I hear from a lot of people
2: is, I mean. Obviously, this is more specific to women that I hear this, but that if they tell their counselor about their substance use, they're going to lose their kids. Mm -hmm. And so there's and that's just, you know, one example of people being fearful to even talk to their counselors about what's really going on for fear of getting, you know, put on a psych hold or whatever. And I've been really, really lucky to meet some amazing counselors here in the Valley who are very holistic. They didn't push meds. They, you know, didn't lock me up for saying that I thought about suicide. They explained to me that there's a difference between thinking about death and actually having suicidality and having a plan to kill yourself. And so there are amazing people out there. But I mean, this is part of the work that we do as well to advocate and educate providers. Because, yeah how does that work when you're most afraid of the person that's there who's supposed to help you because of their potential for how they can hurt you kind of reminds me of that uh if you didn't do anything wrong what are you afraid of oh I don't know officer your baton your gun your complete and total authority and power like it's Mm -hmm. a scary world out there when you're at the bottom of society
1: yeah definitely I I always hate hearing that but why did they run? You know, they should have known not to run. And It's like, are you kidding me? Like, but anyway, that's. Yeah, it's very much um, guilty
0: until
2: proven innocent. But anyway, so we'll be (laughs) at 4th and Main in downtown Carbondale on Saturday, October 23rd from noon to 5 p.m. And yeah, we're super excited. We have a ton of fall festivities and um, things planned. We will have uh, Gajan Ramen there with their food truck. They have been whipping up some amazing ramen dishes across the valley all summer at the Farmer's Market. So Mm -hmm. come on down to 4th and Main to get some delicious ramen and we'll also have hot beverages and of course Halloween goodies and um, what else are we having kind of
1: well there'll be tons of crafts craft activities Ah, Um, and uh, we'll have a photo booth that that will be really cool Um, I I'm not big on taking pictures of myself, but I always have fun in photo booths. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and I've seen the photo booth that we'll be getting at a few events. They had it down at Potato Mm -hmm. Days, and we had it at a wedding recently, and it's actually super fun in the props. And, yeah, it's going to be Halloween and fall themed, so, of course, it'll be fun. And, yes, we'll have crafts craft table there for kids of all ages I realize that it sounds like I'm planning a child's event but these are all just things that I like to do (laughs) Um, and then we yeah we'll have the face painting and
1: nail art well and I I like the idea of engaging with the children as well because I think you can that's how we're gonna really change the shame and the stigma around mental health around addiction is by B- with the kids you yeah know, and definitely. getting them you know comfortable with the idea that people take drugs and people suffer from different types of mental health issues and I think that that I think you can never really start too early when it comes to that kind of thing. Absolutely,
2: and I think addiction is a family issue. Not mm-hmm. only does it affect the whole family, but it's often hereditary, whether that's through biology or just exposure and yeah. you know nurture. And um, recently, I was. Uh, reading It was actually a, a grant request, and it was talking about um, ACEs, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experience Score. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just
1: took my ACEs test recently.
2: I retook it recently. I've, I've taken it a few times. I want to know where all my nines and tens are at. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, you know, it's a scale on one to 10 that measures your childhood trauma experiences. And I think above a four is supposed to be like a bad sign. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, clearly, you know, we don't want any of our kids to ever experience any of these traumas, such as losing a parent, um, witnessing violence in the home, having a parent or a loved one go to prison. You know, these are things we want to work against and work to avoid however we can because protecting and helping the adult protects and helps the child and so Mm -hmm. when we can deal with adults and family members who are struggling with addiction issues and mental health issues we're helping the children and yeah yeah, that bounce house is totally rated for adults so you can get in there if you have to but yeah like these are all these are just going to be really fun events for everybody and we'll also have a fortune telling booth so that'll be cool and some games some festive games and chances to win prizes there might be some uh, harm reduction themed trivia of course we will as always be giving out free Narcan and doing free Narcan trainings that day so that'll be not just an opportunity to come out get the kids bouncing around and getting their yah yas out but also to learn more about the work that we do and how you can protect yourself your loved ones and the rest of your community.
1: Yeah, very cool. And I think it's just it's so important to get these kinds of ideas out there. Mm-hmm. And uh and and again, like I said, for the kids and uh and it's a it's a family event really. We're not really looking for just kids to show up. <laughs> We're hoping for families to show up. Yes, please come with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um bring the kids. Bring the kids, let them bounce in the bounce house while you, you know, Talk have some ramen. And, and, and Yeah.
2: And we do also have um, I Carry Narcan pins now as part of our mm-hmm. merchandise. So if you have already received Narcan or already carry it and are a Narcan champion, we can hook you up with some merch that reflects that. Um, and we'll also have a big silent auction this time as well. So there will be lots of opportunities to win some really cool prizes and potentially get some pretty sweet deals from some of our many community partners, including... Beer Works and Four Dogs Liquor And I can't tell you everything quite yet. Don't want to give everything away. Um, But, you know, we in June partnered with a lot of local restaurants from Basalt to Glenwood. We want to try to expand that to Rifle and Aspen. If there's anybody listening who wants to donate some silent auction items or if you're interested in volunteering with us at all with any of these activities on the 23rd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, But, yeah, we'll definitely have some really cool silent auction items again, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and it's been really cool to see all of the support that we have gotten from the community, different um, different businesses around town, and because like we said, everyone really is affected by this, you know, whether it's you or a personal family member or just someone that you know who's lost someone mm-hmm. to this, you know, you can see even just from that perspective how hard it can be to watch someone, and it, it's just... We've had such a perspective on addiction that uh, you need to kind of isolate that person. And I think that one thing that we're hoping to change people's minds about is you don't really want to isolate them. You want to love them in spite of all of the things that they've done while they were under the influence
2: yeah i think all the time um about how so many parents reaction to their children is to kick them out of the house and that's Mm -hmm. like no offense anyone who's done that because you were just doing what you thought was best but that's like the exact opposite thing that we need to do to help people we need to pull people closer not push them away and it's interesting because people sometimes you know Their automatic reaction is often, okay, this person needs to go to rehab. Well, there's very little statistical evidence that shows that rehab is effective. I mean, it works for some people some of the time. It works for some people after 10 tries maybe, and then, you know, they get sober some other way. But it's really not super effective because, yeah, you're isolating them from their community, from their support systems, or lack thereof. And then when you're released back into the wild, you're just – Back in your life. Yeah, you might have learned those tools, but you have no practice at applying them with your dealer, with your friends, with Mm -hmm. your family, you know? And so, you know, it's okay if you don't feel warm and fuzzy about what we're doing, but syringe service programs, Narcan, and peer support have a lot of evidence behind them. These are all recommended strategies by the CDC to combat overdose deaths and addiction issues in general. And you know, these are the solutions. And I get that not everyone feels super comfortable about it, but come on down to an event or to one of our service locations and talk to me about it for five minutes and I can almost guarantee you that you'll feel more confident just seeing the work that we're doing and what it means to the people that do it and to the people that we serve these are the solutions to these problems not jail not necessarily rehab but a plethora of options for people to find the path that suits them best and to just be loved through that process
1: yeah totally and and to interact with some of these people who have been affected who live in you know recovery you know that we're just like everybody else and there's probably a ton of people you know who maybe aren't completely open with the fact that they're in recovery from some substance you know we're we're just normal people <laughs> yeah and I just you know
2: I'm hard, I have a hard time with that mentality of you know just another junkie just another addict well, mm-hmm. we they don't want help we can't help them I mean of course we can't help people who can't or don't want to help themselves but I was that person I was that person running amok in my community getting in fights using drugs you know not caring about anybody else littering whatever yeah you know (laughs) I mean that's like a very mild (laughs) example but
1: but still it's our you know treating our planet with disrespect
2: right and it's just if if people with addiction and mental health issues weren't capable of amazing things, weren't capable of being contributing members of their communities. I wouldn't be here. Ken, I wouldn't be here. There wouldn't be the amazing, so many amazing people in Mm -hmm. our communities doing this work. And they're all people with lived experience who have taken that and turned it into something amazing.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I when I was in high school, my mom did kick me out of my house for I think it lasted about two weeks until I showed up at the house one day and I had two black eyes, and new tattoo, and I was clearly doing worse. And she, you know, she was like, you need to come home. <laughs> and, you know, so I think, you know, that's just an example of, yeah, seeing, oh, you know, this is what I thought was right, was kicking her out, saying, oh, well, you won't, you know, if you're gonna do what you're gonna do, I'm not gonna give you a safe place, and then realizing, Oh, I I need I need to offer you that safe place. That's that was not the right choice, you know. And you know we all make mistakes. That's
0: well, and it's
2: hard. It's hard raising teenage girls, much less, you know. But totally. And it's hard. Like I still, I obviously I work with a lot of teens, and somebody asked me the other day, "Well, have you met anyone that was like as hard as you were?" Mm. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. I hope that that doesn't even exist. Like no. I have not. And sometimes it's hard for me because I'm like, why does anyone do anything? Like when I was a teenager, I just didn't go home or didn't go to school or didn't Mm -hmm. answer my phone. Like nobody could make me do anything. But I see these kids and like they have a much higher level of respect than I ever had, even when you like it might seem to other people like they don't have any. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very difficult raising teens. I'm not going to lie. Raising kids. And yeah, most of us don't have, like our parents didn't give us the tools. Most of us, our parents beat us. And if we're not doing that, like we're doing a lot better, you know. Somebody was telling me about what they would do for their son to help him sleep at night. And I was thinking when I was a kid, if you couldn't sleep at night, you got like smacked. Like you go back to bed. Like you're going to get in trouble because you can't sleep. I'm not going to be worried about... What factors, like that I fed you a pint of ice cream before bed, that's got nothing to do with me. But, you know, we, we all only have those tools that our parents gave us. It's, it, nobody's really to blame, but it's just we got to pull our kids even closer and hold them even tighter when mm-hmm. they're resisting. And totally. it happens to the
1: best of them. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I do not blame my mom for making that choice, you know, and I respect her for trying something, seeing it didn't work and pulling back and saying, Mm -hmm. oh, that was not right, let's try a different approach. That, whatever approach she did afterwards still didn't help, (laughs) (laughs) but uh,
2: you know, she tried. Well, and I think to admit that she was, to admit you're wrong is
1: huge, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, I think think that that's probably one of the biggest parts of trying, you know, getting into recovery is admitting, oh, what I'm doing isn't Mm. working. Yeah, it's
2: so much about pride and that's it's a lot of swallowing that pride. And I actually am really proud of how I reacted in like a fight with my partner the other day. Um, You know, I just realized that it was kind of a pride issue Mm. and that I couldn't like change who he was (laughs) and his reaction in that moment. So Mm. I'm like, let's just get over it. I came up with this new thing. All right. It's a fight, flight or make it right you don't have to run or fight. You can just take a deep breath and get over it. (laughs) And it's not easy. It takes a lot of practice, but I was really proud of myself. And, you know, instead of what would have normally turned into like me crying alone for the next three hours turned into like a beautiful Sunday and a wonderful time with my partner. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely learned a lot about fighting from being married. It's a (laughs) at least in this Learn how this to do it time. right. Yeah, like, you know, I, I used to, I couldn't walk away while we were in the middle of a fight. Like, I was like, we have to resolve this now. Mm. And I learned so much that taking, like, I need to step away from this and go on a walk and clear my head makes such a huge difference for me because then I can kind of see, like, why did I get so upset? Was it something that he said Or is it me? Like, is it something inside of me that's having a hard time with what he said?
2: And is it even worth ruminating about? Is
1: it (laughs) it worth fighting and, like, saying things that I potentially am not going to – that I'm going to regret later?
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's – I've been thinking a lot recently about, like – what do you do when your kid is flipping out, whether they're 2 or 12 or 27? Like, what do you do? i from I'm thinking a lot about that lately, too. <laughs> new moms, um, but not me. <laughs> new moms to Kenna. <laughs> Everyone's a new mom for Kenna. Anyway, um, but uh, what works for me coming from somebody who was so explosive and had such a difficult time controlling my reactions and, you know, it would always be violence and screaming to where I'm at today with that story, you know, is is breathing. That's what helps me. And literally, yeah, that take a deep breath, count to 10, right? And so I was thinking, you know, when working with kids, if somebody's having a really hard time, like, because obviously a lot of the strategies that we've historically used don't really work. Timeout doesn't really work when they're in their bedroom with all their toys or whatever, right? So it's like, let's just sit here together, count to ten, take a deep breath, talk about what's going on, right? Cause I just feel like anyone by that tenth breath, like can't even remember what they're upset about anymore. It really does yeah. rein you in and make a difference. And that's why I said to my partner, I said, come in, take a deep breath and let's fix this. It doesn't have to be like this. You yeah.
1: Know? And naming that feeling, like that's something that I I still have, I struggle so much with, like, I don't know what I'm feeling. <laughs> I just am upset, you know, and that's something that I've been thinking a lot about is really naming what what are you feeling right now and why are you feeling that way. And, yeah. Well, and that's uh in the positive communication
2: skills that I teach for family and loved ones of individuals struggling. One of them um, is par- taking partial responsibility. And mm-hmm. I've just noticed how much that's changed my communication and my relationship when I can be like – I am so sorry that I react this way when you do this, but this is why. And, like, I know that it's not on you. This is because of me. And it's almost like the compliment sandwich where you say, like, I really like your top. I think that you could have had better shoes today, but the pants are on target. That's like, but you give a compliment and a compliment and the constructive criticism in the middle, right? And that's kind of what I do with that where it's like I'm taking responsibility around what it is that's making me upset about the other person. It's Because it's not them. It's whatever – my trauma my baggage is right and it just blows people away when you're like talking about what you've done wrong and yeah, it's just kind of because I think that's like yeah when you come at somebody like you did this like people just get defensive people get angry people just say mean things to hurt each other when they're angry because that's what being angry feels like but it's Mm -hmm. not rational
1: yeah totally fuck other people's stuff (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing that's really hard. Like, um, and this was something that uh, my husband and I did with in therapy, was like active, like active, active listening. Mm-hmm. And like, so I have a topic that I want to talk about, and you have to like say these short sentences. Like, so the other day when you said this, and then they have to repeat every single word right back to you, and. I, at first, it was like, geez, this seems really Like a bad game of ridiculous. Telephone. <laughs> But, like, you realize how much you put your perspective on what other people are saying. So, like, I said, you know, oh, the other day you said this, and then I got upset because blah, 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 blah. And then they're hearing... How you just got upset and you didn't hear the whole other? Like you know, there's just so much that gets lost in what you're, what's going on in your processing of your, of yeah. What you're hearing.
2: I'd really like to try that too with my partner because he has a tendency to like hear the opposite of whatever I say. Like, mm-hmm. he has a tendency to treat me like I'm some sort of stereotypical woman or something. Cause I'll <laughs> be like, thank you so much for moving the trash can. And he'll like, look at me like, what yeah. did I, did yeah, I put totally. it in the wrong place? And I'm like, no, I just said thank you, yeah. <laughs> you know? But he'll just, mm-hmm. he automatically goes to the opposite place. So that would be really cool. Well, thank you as always for listening to this wonderful episode of Chemical World. And don't forget to Join us at 4th and Main in downtown Carbondale on Saturday, October 23rd from 12 to 5 for family fun and fall festivities. If you're interested in donating silent auction items, if you're interested in volunteering for that or any other high Rockies harm reduction events or programming, or if you have any comments or questions or are mad at me about anything I've said today or any other time, feel free to give me an email at maggie at com, or give me a call at 970-618-4194.
1: And thank you, Maggie, for being here. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And our next episode of Chemical World will air on Katie and k on November 8th. You can find the extended versions of all of our episodes and past episodes at KDNK.org or Apple Podcast or Google Podcast. And be sure to follow High Rocky's Harm Reduction, Chemical World, and KDNK on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you very much. And as always, you don't have to be sober
2: to keep your community clean.
1: Drugs may come and drugs may go, and that's
0: all right, you see. Experience has made me rich, and now I can use safely. It might be beer, it might be dope, it may even be caffeine. But we all have a little something that keeps us on our feet. What's important is being safe and stopping the spread of disease. Not have to be sober To keep your community clean Cause we are living In a chemical world And I am a chemical girl Or boy we are living In a chemical world And I am a chemical gender nondescript We are living in a chemical World and I am a chemical We are living In a chemical World and I am a chemical Girl you know we are living In a chemical world world and I am a chemical girl